instead of a kind of a traditional message that we're used to, this morning I want us to instead look at the year ahead. I want us to get a 2020 vision. And in order for us to do that, we need to talk about who we are and where we're headed. And we want to begin as we discuss our theme verse. We're going to start by discussing our theme verse. One of the things that uh, Christian parents often do as they raise their Christian children is they assign that child a life verse. Uh, it's something that we did for Ashley when she was very young. She started memorizing scriptures, and we made sure that, the, that one of the first ones that she memorized was her life verse. And to this day, she uses that verse to guide her, to help her uh, make decisions, to help her get kind of navigate through life. And so I want to encourage you, grandparents and parents, if you haven't done that, haven't thought about that, um, think about assigning your grandkids, your children, a life verse that they can memorize and will guide them through life. If we were to do that for our church family, what we've called our theme verse, we would use John 15 and 5. John 15 and 5 is a beautiful picture of what it means to be church. And we have adopted this as our life verse together, what we call our theme verse. Uh, to be honest with you, the way this started was when we built this sanctuary, the architect said, I can get you a pulpit with the really nice grapevine theme that goes around it. And if we're going to do that, we might use that same grapevine theme up and around the, the baptistry, and we could even put it on a cross. And so that's where the idea, the concept kind of got started. And as we claimed this space as our own, as a church family, we also claimed that grapevine theme to define who we are. Look at this verse with me, if you will, in John 15 and 5. Jesus makes it clear who he is and who we are as his disciples. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He starts by explaining who he is. He is the vine. We are the branches. It's important that we get those two uh, that we get those two clarified. He is the vine. Now, a grapevine works differently than most of us who, most of us don't deal with grapevines that much. Most of us may not really realize how it works. There really is a little tree. It's a, it's a, it's a chunk of a vine. And then from that, what we always call vines, those are really branches. Very long branches that come off this big chunk, this tree, if you will. Jesus is saying, I am the vine. I'm where it all starts. You are the branches that go from me out into the world around you. It's, it's important that we keep those in mind because it is the vine that brings life to the branches. If that branch gets separated from the vine... The branch is not going to survive long because he is the source of life. Not only does he bring life to the branches, he also brings a sense of direction because the, the vine determines unless we take over and 
line up the vines specifically. The vine determines where the branches are going to go. He is not only the life of the church, he is the leader of the church because he sets the branches in motion. But not only does he bring life and not only does he bring direction, but he brings unity. Because regardless of where all those branches go and how far they go, they are all united in the vine. And so he says to us as the church, I'm the vine. I'm the source of life for you. I'm the one who provides the direction. And I'm the one who holds you all together in unity. I'm the vine. But you are the branches. And the other thing that's interesting is that the vine doesn't bear fruit. The branches bear the fruit. And so he says, I'm here. I'm giving you life. I'm giving you direction. I'm holding you together as a church. Now you get out there in the world and bear fruit. Make a difference. Produce something for the vine. How does that work? He says, abide in me and I in you in verse 4. And he follows that idea in verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It is in that abiding that we become what we are intended to be as a church and each individual disciple. It is in abiding with him that we accomplish that for which we have been called. That abiding is the, the, the word means to dwell. If you come by my house, you are always welcome at my house. A little advance notice is always good, but you're welcome. If you come by my house, I might have you sit down. I might give you Dr. Pepper. We might sit and visit. We might watch a TV, whatever. But then eventually you're going to get up and leave because you're my guest. I, however, abide. That is my, we even use that word as a noun, that is my abode. That's my home. He says, you make your home in your relationship with me and you're going to bear fruit. You separate yourself from me, and by the way, you're, by doing so, you also separate yourself from the other branches. When you separate yourself from me, you can't expect to bear fruit. You can't even expect to live long, spiritually speaking. But he says, you abide in me, and I abide in you. You're the one who's going to bear much fruit. This is our theme verse. This guides us. It helps us remember that Christ is the, the, the life of the church, the direction of the church, he's the one who unifies us. It's all about him. It also reminds us that we have a job to do, and that is to abide in him so that we can bear fruit as we go out into the community around us. It's a beautiful picture of who we are as a church. And so we wanted to start by discussing our theme verse. Then I want us to define our core values. Remember who we are. We are FBC West, and you know that really means First Baptist Church. But we've chosen to use those same letters as a way to define our core values. FBC West is family-focused, Bible-based, and Christ-centered. 
FBC is family focused. And we mean that in a couple of ways. One, we do want to minister to families. We want to encourage families and help families be strong. But we also recognize that we are a family. And so we're, we're focused in that way. We rarely talk about ourselves as, as a congregation. We usually talk about ourselves as a family. We are family focused. And we are Bible based. It comes from many, many years of, of Baptist DNA. Hundreds of years of who we are as Baptists says that one of the primary doctrines by which we are guided is sola scriptura, which means scripture alone. We have one authority. We have one authority to direct the church, and that is the scriptures. We don't answer to anybody above us. We have one authority, sola scriptura. We are Bible-based. But not only are we family-focused and Bible-based, we are Christ-centered, as we've already spoken about as we looked at the theme verse, and even as we sang about it a while ago, Christ is the center. He is the point of everything that we do, and He deserves to be the point of everything we do. In Colossians chapter 1, we're reminded that He is the head of the body, that is the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. You see, it's all about Christ. By the way, you and I misspeak when we call this our church. We, we talk to our friends and neighbors, they'll say, where do you go to church? We'll say, well, my church is, and technically we're misspeaking, aren't we? Because this isn't your church it's not my church. It is his church. We are his people called by his name for his purposes and his glory. We belong to him. He is the head of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything he might be preeminent. And so we want to we look at who we are before we talk about where we're headed. And so we start with a discussion of our theme verse, then we look at, uh, we define our core values, and then we want to describe our plumb lines. You remember our plumb lines. Uh, you, can, uh, you can put a plumb bob on the end of a string and hold that string, and after it stops swaying and moving, whatever, it'll show you that, it'll show you exactly what's straight. And it is then that you can use that straight line to Put that wall exactly where it needs to be and to build your building based on that one line. That line can guide the building of a building. And we as a church have agreed on five plumb lines, five guidelines, if you will, so that whatever we're doing needs to help us accomplish one of these five plumb lines. And if what we're doing doesn't line up with one of these plumb lines, then we need to stop doing it. And so let me refresh your memory real quickly as we look at, as we describe our plumb lines. The first one is that worship is about what we do for God, not what the church does for us. One of the reasons that folks get so frustrated and, and they, they, get, uh, they get so tired of church is they misunderstand what worship is. They 
come to worship and then they say, well, I'm not getting anything or I don't like that style or it doesn't feel right. And the problem is you thought worship was for you. I'm sorry. Worship is what we do for God. It's not what the church does for you. Now, that does suggest that you need to find a place where you can worship in a way that's relevant for you so you can do everything that God deserves. But remember, that's what worship is. It's, it's what we do for Him. It's not what the church does for us. Our second blum line is that God deserves our best. God deserves our best. We make a terrible mistake when we assume that because we're volunteers and because God forgives that we can just kind of halfway do stuff. It'll be okay. Everybody will understand God is good. That's fine, except that God says in the Old Testament He doesn't want your three-legged sacrifices. He doesn't want the blemished sacrifices. He wants you to give your best not only does he want it, but he deserves it. Imagine what a great God we have. What, a, what an awesome Lord we serve. How dare we settle for giving him second best, the leftovers, the easy stuff. So in our church, we've agreed that one of our plumb lines is that God deserves our very best. The third plumb line is that the local church should have a positive impact on its community. The, the local church should impact the community around it in a positive way. You and I both know churches who, who do church on Sunday, but they really don't have any impact on the community around them at all. That is not going to be our church. We believe, we've, we've committed to one another, we've committed to God, that we believe the church should have a, have a positive impact on the community around it. We are the light. We are the salt. If the light doesn't shine and the salt doesn't get in contact with the meat, then we have no hope. We're it. The community longs for what we have found. And so we have agreed that we will be a positive impact on our community. The fourth plumb line that guides us forward is that we do church best when we do it in small groups. Sunday morning is a great time to be together and we want to come together as a church family to worship the Lord together. But this is an opportunity to worship. This is giving our sacrifices to God. It's not a real good place for us to connect with one another and share life together and experience the koinonia kind of fellowship that we read about in the book of Acts. That has to happen in a small group experience outside of the large church gatherings. And in our church, we have three kinds of small groups that we'll talk about in just a moment. But we, we have committed to one another that we do church best when we do it in small groups. And so we encourage everyone to find a way to connect to one another outside of Sunday morning worship. And then finally, our last plumb line is that we focus on church health instead of church growth. It doesn't mean we don't want to grow. It just means that our focus is on being healthy. Why? Healthy organisms do grow. So it, it's not that we don't want to grow. 
we, we also know that there are some organisms that are unhealthy who continue to grow. Cancer grows. So we're not focused on numbers and growth. We're focused on the church being the body of Christ needs to be healthy. And so we focus on church health and then we rejoice and celebrate the growth that comes from that health. Not too long ago, Todd came up with a way to help us remember our plumb lines with keywords, and the keywords all spell the word way. So you can, you can remember the plumb lines and remind one another uh, with, the, with this simple way of remembering, just the word way. Worship, in other words, worship is what we do for God, not what the church does for us. Excellence, God deserves our best. Impact, we believe the church should make a, a positive impact on its community. Groups, we believe that uh, church is done best in small groups, and then we focus on health instead of growth. So our theme verse, we define our core values, we describe our plumb lines, and now let's talk together as we discover our next steps. Discovering our next steps. The first thing that I want us to talk about this morning as we discover our next steps is the, uh, we're returning to the year of the family. In 2019, we started what we called the year of the family. And in the year of the family, we focused on uh, uh, marriage. We focused on uh, parenting. We focused on, on uh, men's ministry and women's ministry. Uh, in concentrating on that family. What we didn't expect was that we were going to be so busy, so much was going to happen, that we didn't get to cover all we wanted to cover. So we're extending the year of the family, and this year is the year of the family 2.0. As we enter into 2.0, we're going to look forward to our men's conference on 2-22-20, February 22. We're looking forward to the re-engage small group experience. Now, re-engage is uh, an experience for uh, married couples. There's a, there's a small group of us who went to training in this particular uh, curriculum. That group that went to training is going to form a pilot group, and we'll go through the small group curriculum together, just the, the three or four couples who, who've had the training. Then those three or four couples will begin two or three new re-engage small groups. So starting in about, uh, starting about the third quarter of the year, about halfway through the year, we should be ready to start some small groups called re-engage in which uh, married couples can grow stronger and we can enhance their marriage relationship. I'm looking forward to that. Also looking forward to something we've been talking about for a long time, and that is a small group type experience for parents. We're going to call it Parenting in the Pews. And we're going to talk about ways that Christian parents can raise Christian kids. What does that look like? What are some of the, the tools? What are some of the, the ways that we can do that in a positive way? We're going to look forward to sharing in that time together. And I'm also hoping that we can organize a group of dads who have daughters. And I know that's very specific. It's going to leave some folks out. But I also know that dads who have daughters need to see that relationship in a very unique way. 
And since the only kid I ever had was a daughter, that's the one we're going to talk about. We're going to do Dads with Daughters sometime in this year uh, as we look forward to uh, the Year of the Family 2.0. Also in this coming year, I want us to uh, strengthen our partnership with 61 Isaiah Ministries. 61 Isaiah is the group who... Um, is the, they, these are the missionaries in Honduras. There's a team there that stays there all the time. We're connected with that team. Uh, once or twice a year, we'll go over and we'll meet with them. They'll take us to the villages in which we can meet the Linka people. It's in the western mountains of Honduras. And as we meet the Linka people, we have opportunity to minister to them. Uh, we have gotten very close with a couple of pastors there. We, uh, we've helped to build a church in one of, the, uh, one of the little villages. And we were actually there the, uh, uh, for the very first church service ever held inside a church building in that village. That, that village has been um, uh, you know, populated long before the U.S. even existed. But in that particular village, they've never had a church service in a church building until we were able to be there to share with them. And we shared the Lord's Supper together. Uh, they didn't understand us and we didn't understand them, but God understood it all. It was a beautiful experience. I want us to continue to support uh, 61 Isaiah Ministries and I want us to find ways that we can strengthen that very important relationship. We're looking forward to returning to Honduras this year in June, July. We're, uh, we're looking forward to returning to Honduras this year in July. And so start listening. Um, if, if you are kind of built like I am, start walking so that you can kind of get ready for that journey. Uh, but, but let's start getting ready and looking forward to our time in Honduras this summer. One of the other ways that we can support 61 Isaiah, and I want to encourage each of us to do this. The... Uh, the ministry, 61 Isaiah Ministries, uh, focuses on Matthew 9, 38, in which Jesus said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And there, the emphasis is at 9.38, because that's the, that's the address for the verse, Matthew 9.38. At 9.38 each morning, your alarm on your phone goes off, and it says, pray for the laborers in Honduras. If you're not already doing that with us, I want to encourage you to do that. Go ahead and pull out your phone right now and set up a recurring alarm at 9.38 a.m. and start praying for uh, the laborers in Honduras. I'll tell you as well that Shannon, our, our, the partner, the, the missionary with whom we partner there, has said that instead of just praying for uh, the team, 61 Isaiah team, he now wants us to begin praying for Hondurans who will be called out to minister to Hondurans. He wants us to begin praying that God would call out Honduran laborers to start sharing the gospel with their friends and neighbors and family. And as you do that, I want to encourage you to pray for something else as well. Last time I was there, 
um, Pastor Trini, who pastors really both villages uh, that we have uh, kind of adopted or we, we have partnered with, Pastor Trini mentioned that we've been to see him so many times, he would like someday, he'd like to come to see us. And that has stayed in my mind ever since he said that. I can't get, I can't get that thought out of my brain. I'd kind of hoped that maybe we could do that uh, this past year, but um, because of all the political chaos, that was impossible. Uh, and so I, I want to ask you, would you just start praying with me? Is this what God wants? Does God want Trini to go to the expense and go to the trouble and come to a, a place that's going to be very odd for him, that we might meet him and encourage him and love on him? Would you just start praying with me? Does God want Pastor Trini to come? And if so, would he make that happen? All right? We want to connect with our friends in Honduras specifically through the 61 Isaiah Ministries. And then I want us to just build on our current ministries. As we look forward to the new year, we're going to be building on our current ministries. Our children's ministry is... Um, has a full schedule throughout the year. Our kids on Wednesday night, by the way, kids doesn't just mean children. Kids stands for Kids in Discipleship. And that program is teaching them and, and discipling them on Wednesday nights. We have our father-daughter banquet, our mother-son banquet. Vacation Bible School is going to be in July. This year we're going to uh, we're gonna transform the church into the mountains of the Rocky Mountains, and we're going to have a, a train that's going through the Rocky Mountains through the, the week. And, uh, we're looking forward to that. If you have a Christmas tree you want to throw away, don't throw it away. Let Lisa have it so she can put it wherever she's going to put all these trees. So <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got a tree, we want it for VBS. Kids go to camp in the summer. Uh, as uh, it's time for school to start, we host uh, the uh, the entire school district for a luncheon here at the church. Uh, we have our fall family fun night on October 31. The kids do a, a Veterans Day program. They do a Christmas program, and we're going to build on all of those all of those children's ministries. We're going to build on our student ministry. Um, JT and Kendall have done a fantastic job leading us. Uh, for a while now. By the way, tomorrow is their official anniversary with the church. Tomorrow they have been in their current positions for two years. And so we appreciate you guys. Thank you. They not only lead worship, but they lead our student ministry as interims. It's important for us now to start the process of finding a youth pastor so that that youth pastor can take over and we can let our interims get back to their normal lives, whatever that is now that they have a one-year-old. We, we need to start praying and seeking and finding that youth pastor, and we need to do that soon. I'd like to have a youth pastor on board by the second quarter at least. So let's start praying about that and working um, as, uh, as he comes. Fortunately, JT and Kendall have already gotten us started knowing that they won't be able to see us all the way through some of this, but they've already started planning for D-Now and, and camp and uh, making plans on a calendar as if they were going to be here. That way we can just hand it off to whoever's coming. Um, we're going to build on our worship ministries, and we want you to help us with that. 
If you like to sing, if you like to play in an instrument, if God has gifted you in some way, if you're interested in drama, if you like to read publicly or at least would be willing to read Scripture publicly, um, let JT or Kendall know. Uh, they, don't, they don't know who to ask all the time. But if you would just go up and say, hey, if you need a singer, I'll sing. Or you need somebody to read, put me down. All right. Matter of fact, we could even do that real easy right now in the pew rack in front of you. You'll see a blue card that's that that's for volunteers. If you were to take out that volunteer card and just volunteer to help in worship in some way, be specific and make sure you put your name or your email on there so they know how to reach you. That would be a, that would be one of the ways that we can build on that current ministry. We're going to build in technology in the coming year as well. I'm hoping that very soon we'll be able to live stream our worship service so that uh, you're on vacation, you're, you're running around at a beach somewhere, you can pull out your phone and, and worship right along with us. I'm hoping that we can do that soon. If we don't get the live stream, we at least are going to start videoing the worship time so that we can uh, post that and you can be able to see that and worship in that way. Our directory is ready to go, so you'll be able to go online and see, uh, see a directory, put a name with a face, and uh, maybe look up somebody's phone number if you want that, and that kind of thing. Uh, if, if, and we're going to need your help. In the next e-newsletter, you'll see a link. When you get that newsletter, you'll see a link. You click on that link, and it'll give you a chance to fill out or correct your current information. That way you can make sure that what you put in the directory is what you want there and you can help us keep it up to date. So that'll be ready. Uh, we have a, an app. You, go to, to, uh, you can download the Church Center app. And when you download Church Center app, it's going to find First Baptist and it's going to say, is this your church? You say, yeah, that's us. And you click on that and now you have our church app. And you can do all kinds of things in, inside that app. Uh, we, uh, we also are going to utilize our uh, digital giving more in the coming year. You'll still be able to put money in the plate. I like that. That's a form of worship. It's a sacrifice during the worship service. We're going to keep that. But you'll also uh, be able to give online. You can go to our website. and You can find the, the, the giving link there. Uh, you'll, you can uh, give through that app, that Church Center app. And it's even easier than ever now. You can text a dollar amount to this short number. It's the number eight, and then you're going to count backwards. Eight, four, three, two, one. Eight, four, three, two, one. You text any dollar amount to that number, and you'll be able to give digitally. We figured out that we needed to do that a few years ago when we realized that a lot of people don't carry cash anymore. And you can pass that plate all day long and they're not going to have anything to put in it. But they would still like to sacrificially give to worship the Lord and to support the work of the church. And so this allows everyone an opportunity to do that. We're going to continue to build on our communications ministry in 2020. And what I mean by that is the, uh, uh, many of you already receive our text updates. Um, you can, uh, you can go online and find a way to sign up for the text updates if you're not getting those. We don't overdo that. You might get one a week. Usually it's more like one every other week. But it's an update or a reminder or important information that we need to get out quickly. And that just comes on your phone as a text message. Um, 
you want to make sure that you've signed up for our newsletter, you can do that online as well. But sign up for our newsletter. That comes out once or twice a month, and that's just a simple little email. Remember, we have our podcast. You can listen to sermons online, or you can um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and then it just shows up on your phone magically every week. It's just right there. It's amazing. Be sure you're following us on social media. Uh, we, we stay very active on social media. We communicate with one another a lot there. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure that you find the right church because there are other churches out there who use the name FBC West, and you want to make sure you find the good one. I mean the right one. All right? Make sure you find us there. Um, uh, and and we, uh, you've, you've heard me mention the website a number of times. That's by design. That is our information center now. You don't have to remember, all right, this event, I'm supposed to talk to Carla. This event, I'm supposed to talk to Jennifer. This, it's all going to be on the website. Front page, home page, every event is going to be right there. That is our information center. So the, be sure you find us at fbcwest.com. All right? And then finally, we're going to build on our small groups ministries in 2020. 20 uh, uh, small groups. We have three kinds of small groups in our church. We have what we call the long-term Bible study. That's Sunday morning Bible study, Wednesday night. Then we have short-term Bible study. That's where our men's Bible study or women's Bible study, they'll pick a book or a, or a curriculum and go through a short-term thing. And then we have what I think is the hub or the most important kind of small group experience, and that is our life groups. I want to encourage everyone to find a life group. If you're not in a life group yet, let us know. We'll help you find a spot. If you'll go to the website under Connect, click on uh, Life Groups, and there will be a way that you can just fill out a little form that says, hey, I don't have one yet, and we'll help you find a life group. We want everybody to be involved in that experience. All right, so we're building on those current ministries. In addition to building on current ministries, we, uh, in 2020, we need to start saving for a family life center. Now, we have not agreed on when a family life center might come together. We've not agreed on the size of the building. We don't know what it looks like. I don't have any answers. We've not had any of that discussion yet. But years ago, we did agree that someday we wanted a family life center. And so we have taken steps to start laying the groundwork where we could move that way. We're now at the step where we need to seriously start raising money. We need to start saving money as a church, setting some aside every time we get a chance so that we can move toward that dream of a family life center. Family life center would be primarily a big gymnasium, but it'd be a multi-purpose thing. So the ladies could have their brunch all in one big room instead of Instead of having to use the little rooms on the side and down the hall, there would be a kitchen over there. We'd set up the tables and chairs in one big room for church fellowships. We could have a secondary worship place over there. We could move the chairs around and uh, have a video screen, have a secondary worship spot over there. Uh, we, do, we would add to our recreation or create recreation experiences there that we don't have now. And so we need to start looking and talking and planning and saving for that Family Life Center. And then finally, uh, we're going to, in 2020, we want to make sure that we are strengthening relationships in our community. We, uh, we already have a very good reputation in our town, and we need to 
keep that and we need to work at continuing to strengthen those relationships. We need to renew our friendships with Bull Spring Baptist Church. Uh, we, uh, we connected years ago and that was good for both of us and we learned and grew from one another. And for, for reasons that I'm not going to take time to get into now, uh, those, those friendships have kind of dwindled. We need to fix that. We need to reconnect with Bull Spring Baptist Church. We need to, um, w this year in 2020, unfortunately, we are going to have to redefine our local ministerial alliance. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but um, that's going to be redefined. We need to be willing to do what we can do to make sure we stay connected to all of the other congregations, other churches in our community. We need to continue to build bridges to our uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce, the school district, city hall, EMS, uh, volunteer fire department, and police department. We actually have some events planned that will help us do that. But I want you to know that that's important for who we are because we believe that the church should have a positive impact on the community around us. And that's one of the ways we're going to do that. So I appreciate your patience as we work through um, uh, 2020 vision. I wanted you to see where we're headed in the year ahead. And uh, I appreciate you hanging in there with me as we talk through who we are and where we're headed. 2020 is going to be a great year for our church. It's also, by the way, going to be uh, the beginning of a great decade. I know it's really the end of a decade. Don't go there with me. It's going to be the beginning of a great decade because we've got four or five major residential developments that are going to take place over the next 10 years. And that's not even counting the senior adult uh, apartment complex that's, that's coming in or the current developments that are already started. We're going to see a lot of people moving into our community. This is going to be an exciting decade ahead. And so we as a church are going to be able to uh, be a part of that to see what God does. So I, I, I'm glad that you and I are together. I'm glad that we're going to follow the Lord each step along the way. We're going to let him be the vine and we are going to be the branches.